0: Listen, if we're parenting without the help of the Holy Spirit, we are destined to mimic the things that we observe. Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out seedschurchtn.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, JD Swilly. Happy Mother's Day. I, I did, It's kind of weird to say something not have a response, but I'm not a mother, so I guess that was entirely appropriate. Um, some years ago, um, we came across this poem but written by Amy Young. It's called The Wide Spectrum of Mothering. We heard this, and we thought, man, this really... Um, resonates with us, and so I want to read it to you. You may have heard this before. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badges of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, We mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fraught with tears and disappointment, we we walk with you. And forgive us if we say foolish things. We don't mean to make it harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who have aborted children, we remember those children and you on this day. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we pray with you for God's right timing. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who will have empty your nests in the coming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. <laughs> To those who placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you. Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We thank God for you. I may have missed this earlier, but um, we do have a Mother's, gig, Mother's Day gift. Excuse me. <laughs> we have a Mother's Day gift for all of you ladies as you leave today. When you get out into the breezeway, there's going to be a table and there's going to be um, some people that are going to give you a, just a small token of our appreciation here at Seeds Church for all of our moms. So, Seeds loves moms. Can we give another big hand clap to moms? Yeah. You know, parenting can be difficult sometimes, right? You know, like who, like if it were a real job, it's like the most important and the most difficult job of all time, right? But who would actually accept it if it were a real job? <laughs> right, if you're like, just just think you're in a job interview and the boss is like, I'm ready to offer you this position. Will you accept? And you're like, well, what does it pay? It doesn't pay hey, you you actually pay thousands for 18 years or you go to jail <clears throat> well you're going to say well, what do i get out of it you get judged just for asking that question now what do you get out of it get out of it you get love you get love for 13 years you get love for 10 to 13 years, and then you get resented for 5 to 35 years, but then you get loved again depending on how much money you give them, so no, I'm teasing, I'm teasing, anyway, that's all very funny, and fortunately, uh, that's not been my experience with my own parents, and it's certainly not my experience so far with my own kids, but it, it's just kind of funny to laugh at. But the truth is that parenting is the best of jobs, and it's the most difficult of jobs. Can we all agree on that? And then it can bring you the greatest joy, and at times, it can bring the greatest pain. There's nothing as fulfilling and exhilarating, and there's also nothing as so depleting and exhausting sometimes. You know, some of you are sitting here today with your mom and you're, you're like, oh my gosh, like, yeah, I remember those times where, yeah, I was depleting to my, to my mom or to my parents, you know. No, no area in your life can make you feel more like a success when you're like nailing it, but also like feel, you feel like a failure when things aren't going so well. Just the word parenting can stir up a lot of different emotions, a lot of mixed emotions for people. And, and we, tr- we try to do the best that we can in raising our children. And then just when we think we're, we're getting it, like, oh man, I, we're getting this down, we like enter into a new phase or a new season with those kids and we find ourselves like with, with a whole new set of challenges. Sometimes it's smooth sailing and sometimes it's like tidal waves. Sometimes we get so tired that it's sometimes it's just easier to just like let the storm take us wherever it's going to take us but the truth is we don't have to settle for being just tossed and turned by the winds of change our kids' lives don't have to be left to just mere chance in Jesus name our everyday lives don't have to be filled with worrying and pacing the floor anxiously and biting our nails and dreading the terrible twos or the torturous teens. We don't have to live in fear of what might be lurking around every corner and what dangers there might be in each different phase of life and development. And and the wonderful thing is that it's not really contingent upon us being perfect parents either. Thank God for that. Right now... Today, you can make a difference and an impact in your child's life, whether they're two or teen or they're an adult. It's never too early. It's never too late. It doesn't matter if you don't have kids yet or if your kids are three days old and they're perfect or if your kids are 30 years old and they're dealing with alcoholism and a divorce. You can make a difference in the life of your child. At every stage of life, your kids need your prayers. And the good news also is that we don't have to carry the weight of parenting all by ourselves. We can turn to our heavenly father for help. And and we can cover our child's life in prayer. I want to tell you this, if you don't get anything else today than this, never underestimate the power of a praying parent. Never underestimate your prayers to God for your kids. Listen, I'm incredibly grateful for the role models that my parents were and still are today. I thank God for my praying mother. I thank God for my praying father and my my grandparents and all of my church moms and dads. We need those too, amen? But not everybody had the same experience as me. Not everybody had good role models for parenting. Some of us were raised by parents who may have been neglectful or abusive. And maybe you realized sometimes that, oh my gosh, I I have the potential for that inside of me, to be neglectful or an abusive parent. Listen, if we're parenting without the help of the Holy Spirit, we are destined to mimic the things that we observed, the things that we observed, the things that we were victim to in our own childhood. We're, we're destined to repeat the mistakes of our past. And before you even realize it, you're in a moment and you have like this flash, uh, uh, this memory flash across your, your mind of your childhood and then all of a sudden you're seeing yourself play it out with your own kids. And you almost feel like powerless and you can't control it. And it can make you do and say things that might have a negative impact on your kids. And then comes the guilt. But I want to tell you that God can and will heal you of your trauma. And God can and heal, he can and will heal any kind of trauma that you may have put on your own children. We don't need to live under that weight of guilt of things that have happened in the past. We need to be hopeful for the future. That God can enter in situation and the, and the atmosphere in a room can change. And the atmosphere in your heart can change. And healing can come to you and can come to your children. Some of us live with agonizing concerns over our kids' lives. Their social lives, their spiritual lives, emotional lives, mental growth, their education. Some live in constant fear that something bad's going to happen. And you might feel like, God, this is just too much for me. I can't keep a 24-7 watch on my kids all the time. How am I going to handle this? And I want to tell you that God has peace for you. He has a peace that passes all understanding. It'll guard your heart. And in your mind, in Christ Jesus, is what Paul said. You know, the ceremony of child dedication that we have here at church, we just had one just a few months ago. It is a great start. But child dedication is more than just a one-time formality. It's more than just coming up here to the front and laying hands on your child or on you. That is a wonderful thing. That's something that we see demonstrated in Scripture. It's something that we should do. We should go through. It's a holy moment. It's a holy ceremony, but it's not just a one time event. Our job as parents is to continue to give our kids to the Lord on a daily basis, not just the one time. We're not abdicating our responsibility as parents and going, Here you go, God. You can have them. I'm out. Peace. It's not that. But it's a partnership, and we're coming into agreement with what God's plan is for our children's lives, and we're, we're declaring, God, I'm in this with you. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, we're probably, many of us are familiar with this. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Praise God that God provides us with wisdom, he provides us with power, he provides us with protection and ability beyond ourselves, his grace working in our lives to do what we cannot do on our own. He's willing and able to help us discipline and teach and nurture our kids as we raise them to love and honor and serve him, amen. Some of us, we have a vision for our kids' lives, and it looks like I want them to be successful at you know, whatever it is that they want to do in life. I want them to be successful in academics. I want them to be successful in business. I want them to be successful in athletics. I want them to be successful in whatever else. But do you have a vision for your children's lives that you want them to love and serve Jesus all the days of their life? Because that's the thing that ought to trump everything. That's the thing, that's, that's, that's the marker we're going for. That's the standard. They can do all kinds of other things, but at the end of the day, do my kids love and serve Jesus? I'm telling you what, if it's just up to my parenting for them to get there, uh, they're gonna fall short and because I, I fall short. But I don't have to parent by myself. Jamie and I don't have to just parent by ourselves together. We get to do it with the power and the direction of the Holy Spirit, with wisdom from on high from power, from heaven, thank God. You should be encouraged by that today. We probably all have this inborn sense of how important it is to pray for our kids. I would say that even probably people that are not believers have a sense of like, man, like maybe they're not a Christian, but they're praying to something, to somebody for their children. Because there's this inborn thing that God put on the inside of each one of us as parents. And so I don't have to convince you that it's important to pray for your kids. But one of the great things that happens is this, is that when we pray for our children, we begin to identify the, the concerns and the fears and the worries that constantly plague us, that constantly hound us, that are constantly nipping at our, our heels, But when we pray, we're lifting these things up to the Lord and we're releasing our children to God's hands. And God helps us release the concern and the fear and the worries. And we don't have to walk in those things, but we can walk in his peace. The peace that passes all understanding. It's available to you. Now... Of course, this doesn't mean that like, you know, just once you pray for something that you never prayed about it again. It's like, well, I prayed for that one time, God. And, and, you know, but there is a shift in the burden that you're carrying. You begin to feel and realize as you're praying that you're not shouldering the burden all by yourself. You're not shouldering or bearing this alone, that God is present. And when those heavy feelings start to resurface in your life, what do you do? You pray again. You go back to the Lord again, and then you feel that weight lift because prayer releases the power of God in, at work in their lives, and it helps us find peace in the process. I mean, how many of us have seen this happen, whether it be in our own lives or we've observed it in the lives of others, where uh, a parent is so afraid that their kid is gonna do X, Y, and Z, that they're so controlling that they actually drive their child to to the the very thing that they're afraid of. What's that all about? That's parenting without the peace from the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean to say that we don't bring Correction or discipline to our children? Of course we do. I mean, God does that for us because he's a good father and loves us. So we as good parents do the same for our kids. We want to nurture and guide them and lead them. But we do it out of a motivation of peace, not fear. It's important to note that our motivation in prayer as a parent is to not force our will On our children. Now, of course, I'm not talking about like, are your children disobedient, you know, that you, Lord, help them be obedient. But I'm talking about like the the plans that we've conjured up on their life that may not necessarily be God's plans. And and, and if we do this, if we're always trying to impose our will, even as we go to God, even as we go to God in, in prayer for our children, if we're trying to impose our will, then it's only going to lead to frustration. It's only going to lead to disappointment for you, but also for your children. You, you, you probably know the kind of prayers that I'm talking about. Like, God, I just pray that Johnny grows up to marry Susie because um, we really like her parents. And they would, they're our best friends, and they would make great in-laws. Now, you may not say that last part to the Lord, but it's in your heart and it's your it's your motivation. That's not wicked or evil, but you've got to recognize that's just what's that's your that's your own self and it may not be God's plan. Or how about this one like, oh lord, help my daughter get into that school. And then the subtext is so I feel better about myself. Again, that's our will. And of course, we, we don't always uh, uh, consciously acknowledge those last parts of those prayers, but they're there in the back of our mind when we're subtly imposing our will into God's ear, you know? How about this instead? Lord, would you show me how to pray for my child? Help me to raise them your way. Help me uh, to to raise them up that they would love and serve and honor you all the days of their life. May your will be done in their life, not just what I want. sounds awfully similar to prayer that Jesus prayed when he was in the garden before he went to the cross. Not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' most excruciating moment of pain before he went to the cross, he says to the Father, if there's any other way to make this happen, let's do it. May this cup pass. But not my will, your will be done. And that same prayer is something that you and I can draw strength from as we pray for our children. Not my will, God, but your will be done. Over the last 19 years, God has answered mine and Jamie's prayers for our children. We've not seen them all come to pass yet. We've not seen all of them. But I would say we have seen answers to prayers in the most wonderful ways. We can see God's results. And we recognize that God has been at work in our lives and in our kids' lives. And we want to teach our children to readily recognize God's work in their lives too. When we pray as a parent, there's a faith element. The, the, the element that believes that we are going to see God at work in our kids' lives. It's not like a last resort, like at the end of the game, and we're just going to toss one up from the backcourt and hope it goes in to tie the game or to win the game. No, no, no. That that's That's just... Lofty. That's just kind of hopeful. That's just kind of whatever, unless you're Steph Curry and you can nail those shots. But for, for, the, for most everybody else, we're, what do they call that in football? A Hail Mary. Like, oh my gosh, we're just going to toss this up into a whole pile of receivers and defenders, and hopefully our guy comes down with it. But when we pray with our kids, it's not a Hail Mary. We come to God with faith, believing and knowing that he's at work in our children's lives. It's like, oh, God, I just hope. No, God, I know. I know that you are at work in my kids' lives. I believe it, and I'm going to see it in Jesus' name. When we pray for our kids, it's more than just coming to God with just our wish list. You know, God's not Santa Claus. We we'll don't just hop up in his lap and say, all right, here's my list of demands. You know, and if I don't get this on Christmas Day, I'm not going to be a happy camper. That's not our relationship with God. When we pray, we're inviting and acknowledging and experiencing the power and the presence of God Almighty to come and to enter our lives and circumstances and enter into the lives of our children in in their circumstances. It's his power and it's his presence that gives us the ability to endure and overcome any problem. And that just doesn't mean it works. It just doesn't mean out there in the world, it means at home with your children. Matthew chapter 18, verse 18, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. God has given you authority as a parent, and it's just not so that you can you know, tell them what to do, but it's so that you can pray over their life, and so you can prophesy over their life. And when we exercise that authority, power is released. And we understand that power ultimately is the power of God. It's not because I'm awesome. It's not because I'm such a great parent. It's because of the Father making power available to me through Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. And so I'm just the vessel, which is a wonderful thing because it's God's power and not my own. And when I pray, I'm calling on the power of God to come and work through my powerlessness. How many have you, in your parenting, have you ever felt like, man, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to pray. You feel absolutely powerless in a situation. In your weakness, he is made strong. It's where we go and we say, God, I don't know about this, but you know. I'm going to lean into this right now. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to pray and have faith and believe that you're going to show up in this circumstance. You're going to show up and you're going to shift my child's heart. You're going to provide what they need. When, when When we don't pray, it's like saying, now hopefully none of us would actually say this, but... This is kind of like what it's like when we don't pray. We're saying, it's all good, God. I got this. I can handle this one without you. Don't need your presence or your power here on this one. But what what happens when we do pray is we are humbling ourselves before God and we're crying out and we're saying, God, I need your power. I need your presence. I can't do this without you. And the good news is that he hears us. He hears your prayers. God knows our thoughts and our needs. The Scripture says that he knows them before we even ask, but he responds to our prayers. Let that sit in for a second. How many times do we not have because we've not asked? How many times have we not seen an answer to our prayer because we never actually prayed it? God always gives us a choice with everything, including whether or not we're gonna trust and obey him. It's our choice. When we pray for our children, We're asking God to make his presence a part of their lives and to work powerfully on their behalf. This doesn't mean that there's going to always, every single time, be an immediate response. Sometimes it'll take days or weeks or months or even years. But our prayers are never lost. They're never meaningless. If we're praying, something is happening, whether we can see it or not. James chapter 5, verse 16 says, The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your family's life. He has a plan for your children's life. But I'll say this, it will not happen, it cannot happen without the power and presence of God. And prayer invites and ignites both his power and his presence. Many of, us, many of us believe in the power of prayer already. You're like, J.D., I get all this already. You don't have to convince me. And that's wonderful. But my question is, what are we doing? Not just what do we believe. What do we, what do we have conviction about that actually motivates us to action? Uh, let's not be the ones also who only come to God when there's a problem. Who only come to Him when there's an issue with our kids? Let's be the kind of parents that pray for our kids' future, not just the past things that they're having to deal with the this repercussions of their past or the current circumstances. Let's go to God and pray for our kids' future. In Psalm 143, when David was depressed uh, over his you know the, his past life and the, his current circumstances. He, he was fearful about his future. He didn't just say, well, okay, sirrah, Whatever will be, will be. No, he cried out to God concerning past things, present things, and his future. He prayed about all of it. One of the practical things we can do, one of the things that you can do today is make a personalized list of things to pray for for your children for each one of them, sit down and ask God and say, God, how can I pray for my children for the next 12 months? What are just some some big idea things, big rock things? What are some bullet point things? And maybe you're gonna get details from him. He knows better than you about your kid's future. And I promise you, if you go to God, there will be things that he will stir in your heart that you'll be like, I need to pray for that. I need to pray for that for my child. He's gonna show you something, and when he does, write it down and come back to it and pray over it regularly. You know, that the battle for your kids' lives is not fought at the White House, at the governor's house. The battle for our kids' lives is not, is not fought in, at the school. It's not fought anywhere else except on your knees. That's where the battle for our kids' lives is fought. When we pray, we engage in battle with them, calling on God's power on their behalf. In Ephesians chapter 6, many of us are very familiar with this passage of Scripture where Paul describes the spiritual armor that God has given to us to fight spiritual battles, right? And one of those pieces of equipment is not just a tool for defense, but it's a tool for offense. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the Word of the Lord. That is an offensive tool. And so when we come into agreement with and we pray God's Word, we yield a powerful weapon that no enemy can stand against. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Isaiah 55, 11 says, "So uh, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Listen, God's word is effectual and it produces fruit. This year, what is our theme this year? Shaped by the and led by the spirit. So as we're we're doing this and we're praying for our children, let's let the word shape our prayers. Let's let the spirit lead us as we're praying for our children. God's word is effectual, it produces fruit. When you're praying for your children, this is another practical thing that you can do. You can make a list. And you can also use the word of God. You can appropriate the scriptures in your prayer. Pray the scriptures. My daughter, Jelana, is home from, from college for the summer. Three years ago, she was diagnosed with a very form rare of cancer. And what did we do? I remember being um, getting off the phone with a, with a doctor after they did biopsy hand it was just like you'd been punched in the gut about 10 times and my wife Jamie walked outside and she just screamed and she just let she didn't know what to say she didn't know what to pray but she just let out this mother's roar of a prayer to God and then what did we do we began to pray God's word we begin to, begin to believe and have faith that God was gonna come and work in Jelana's life and in her body and that the cancer would leave. And so what did we pray? Isaiah 53, five, 1 Peter 2, four. By your stripes, Jesus, Jelana is healed. Psalm 103, if we forget not all his benefits and he heals all of our diseases. Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against her can prosper. That was almost three years ago. And praise God, we saw the victory. Cancer-free, healed totally, completely. Glory to God. We've seen things in our other kids' lives. When, When Jocelyn, our youngest, was still in utero, And we would go and do the checkups at the doctor. There was One day we were in Kansas City at a checkup, an appointment. And the doctor was checking some things out. He says, "Mm, I'm going to send you over across town to a specialist. We're like, well, this is not on our schedule today. No, this is what you need to do today. We drove across town and had another sonogram. And then they came to us and began to explain, "Mm, there's some things that we see off here. Uh, with this pregnancy, would you like to abort? Of course not. Of course not. It wasn't even an option on the table for us. But what did we do? We began to engage God in prayer. We began to believe. We began to pray the word of God. We began to find the right community to bring in and say, we want you to stand with us in prayer. Why? Because the Lord said, Jesus says that there is power when we pray in agreement. There's power in agreement in the place of prayer. So we didn't just tell everybody, but we did find the right people. We said, want you to come alongside us. I want you to come into this with us and pray and believe. Because we knew that they were faith-filled people. They knew that they would, that they would stand with us for the miracle. And what happened on delivery day? Jocelyn is born. The first words out of Jamie's mouth is, is she healthy? Yeah, she's just perfect. Totally healthy, praise God. That's the power of prayer. When our son Noble was a, uh, in, in junior, in um, late elementary, getting ready to go into junior high or some, somewhere in that age range, we were noticing some, some odd things about in his education and some disconnect, and I thought, oh, man, he's just a fifth-grade boy. He's just a sixth-grade boy. What fifth- or sixth-grade boy is excited about school? <laughs> right? It's just nor- that's just normal, right? And Jamie had been knowing, like, there's something in her heart for a couple of years, like something's just not right. And through a series of events and some testing, we found out that he had dyslexia. And once again, you know what the enemy tries to do? Tries to come and flood you with fear, going, this is gonna affect your, life, your child's future. They're not gonna be able to do X, Y, and Z. They're gonna be different. They're gonna be outcast. They're not gonna get the education that they need. But you know what? What do we do? We pray, we believe, we have faith, and what does God do? He begins sending us the right people. We start having conversations with people and just saying, hey, this is what's going on in our life. Would you pray about this? And they would say to us, well, then you need to talk to so and so because they're a specialist over here at this. Uh, and we begin to read books and find out, and the Lord began to connect us with the right people. And in one year, in one year's time of of praying and believing and working with Him and getting Him the right tutoring, He caught right back up to speed. Praise God! And I don't have any worry about His future. And you, Noble's in here right now. Where are you, son? Yeah. I'm not, no, that's Lucas. You're my son. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I look at you and I say, I don't have any worries about your future. None whatsoever. I don't have any worries about your education. Praise God. The power of a praying parent. What did we do in those situations? We believed God's word and we prayed God's word. When we employ God's word in prayer, We're laying hold of the promises that he gives us and appropriating them to the lives of our children. Through his word, he's gonna guide us and he speaks to us and he reminds us that he is faithful. Through his word, he builds our faith and enables us to understand his heart, which helps us pray boldly in faith, knowing exactly what his truth is. You don't have to pray going, oh, I just wonder if this is the will of God. No, you can know. You can know because you get into the word and you can see the character and nature of God and you can see who Jesus was and how he demonstrated who God is. And we can, wow, I can pray boldly in faith. I don't have to wonder if God's gonna intervene. I see that he's a good father. The word of God helps us see the father's heart. And when we put it in our mouths and we speak it out in the place of prayer, then our heart comes into alignment with the father's heart and fear has to go. There's a whole lot more we could say uh, about the power of a praying parent. But I wanna to close today with a prayer that all of us, we can come into agreement and pray together and later, I just want to encourage you, if you ever want to revisit this prayer, go to our website, seedschurchtn.com, slash families And you can find this prayer, and there's some other prayers on there as well, that the pray, prayer for yourself as a parent, prayer for certain circumstances of your children. There's a few of them on there right now. We're going to continue to add to that list. So you're like, man, I just don't know what to pray. Well, we're gonna put some prayers on there for you to help kickstart your prayer life and to help you know how to pray God's word. But but I wanna challenge you to intentionally pray for your kids every day for the rest of this month. I mean, I would encourage you, if you live by your calendar, get your phone out right now and just set a daily reminder at whatever time, whether it's 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. or something in between, whatever it is, and just say, Pray for my kids and name, pray for them by name. Something you can do, pray, you can pray a specific prayer once a week. You can pray uh, whatever the most pressing concerns that are on your heart right now or or in your circumstances. and And you can pray that until you feel released to pray something else. But the point is, is to strengthen and develop the muscles of prayer in your life for your children. And I would encourage you repeat the prayers as often as you possibly can. God didn't say, "Don't come to me with that same request over and over and over again." No, Jesus said, "Keep knocking, keep asking, keep coming to me, keep seeking." When we begin, we begin by submitting ourselves to God and asking Him to help us as parents and intercessors, to be who he wants us to be. So pray the scriptures and let the Holy Spirit lead you. I'm telling you, some of you are still not getting it. You have authority to pray for your children. Some of you, I'm looking at you here in this room right now, and you've got your own stories and your own testimonies of like, man, my kid, but then I I asked God to come and intervene, and he did, and there was a miracle that happened. You know but some of us, we're still unsure. I'm telling you, you have authority, and I can't exercise it for you. Only you can. I can pray for your kids. I will pray for your kids. But you praying for your kids, kids is exponentially powerful because you are the one that has authority. Listen, whether you're a future parent, whether you're the parent of young children, the parent of teenagers, or your kids are grown, Let's make this prayer, all of our prayer today. Would you stand with me? And we're just going to read this together. And don't let just these words just come out of your mouth. Put some heart and some meaning behind this. We're going to pray this all aloud. Heavenly Father, I submit myself to you. I need your help to be the parent you want me to be. I ask you for your wisdom, discernment, and guidance. I ask you for strength and patience. Where I need to be healed, delivered, and changed, I invite you to work in me. Help me to walk in righteousness and integrity before you. Teach me your ways. Teach me how to love the way you love. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help me be a godly leader to my children. Give me the communication, teaching, and nurturing skills and discipline I need. I surrender to you as you mold me into the parent you want me to be. Teach me how to pray and intercede for my children. Your word says in Matthew 21, whatever things I ask in prayer, if I believe, I will receive. Increase my faith to believe for all the things you've put in my heart for my children. Help my children stand for what's right instead of just what's easy. Give them certainty of your love, awareness of your kindness, and the humility to know they can do nothing worthwhile apart from you. May they know your holiness and your glory. Enable them with the power to live a life that honors you and advances the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. God, we just thank you that you've given us authority. Help us be encouraged and be parents that are full of faith. Lord, if we look around in our community and we see brothers and sisters who who are drowning, if we see brothers and sisters who are flailing, Lord, may we come alongside them and encourage them and build their faith to, to exercise their authority as parents, God. Lord, I thank you that we don't stand alone, but we stand together in your power. We stand shoulder to shoulder with our own brothers and sisters in Christ. Christ Lord help us God raise us up to be the parents you've called us to be raise us up to be the church that you want us to be for the glory and honor of Jesus for the gospel to advance God where there's brokenness on the inside of us and we think we don't have the goods we don't have what it takes God I pray that you come and fill us full of faith and you bring healing and you bring power and deliverance in the name of Jesus we come against every single uh, attack of the enemy every single lie of the enemy that would try to rob us of our authority that would come and try to tell us something different than what's heaven's reality, and we break agreement with that in Jesus' name, we ask you by the power of your Holy Spirit to shine bright spotlights on those dark lies, so that we see them for what they are, and God, I pray that they would run run away as the light comes into the shadows, and Lord, I pray that we'd come into agreement with your word, that we'd, we would understand our authority as a parent, so that you have given us over our children. God, it's not by just happenstance. It's not just by coincidence that our kids are our kids, but that you predestined it, God. And so, Lord, help us walk in that authority. Help us in the power of your Spirit to to exercise the authority in Jesus' name. And God, we pray over our kids that they will grow to love and serve you all the days of our lives. God, I pray for parents right now in in this room that they're not parents yet, but they long to be. And God, I pray that you fulfill the desire of their heart to be fruitful and multiply, God. I pray that you will give them children to steward and honor and raise up to love and serve you, Jesus. God, I pray for parents right now of young children and and of teenagers that kids are still in the house. Lord, give them wisdom and discernment as they navigate the different uh, seasons of of childhood and adolescence, God. Lord, I pray that they would not just uh, be bystanders and let the culture around them uh, uh, raise their children, but they would be actively engaged and they would say, nope, nope, this is who we are. We're the people of God. This is what we believe. This is what we stand for. And they don't just let their children be raised by the world around them. God, I pray for the parents of of children who are grown and raised and out of the house and doing their own life. And Lord, I pray that you would, uh, you would, Give them skill and give them tact and and still continue to give them influence with their grown children, God. Lord, I thank you that you help us not to have controlling spirits of our children, but we would have stewarding spirits over our children. That we would raise them up to love and serve you all the days of our life. And God, I know I just keep praying that same thing over and over and over. But God, that's the cry of our heart. We just want our kids to love and serve you all the days of our life. I don't care what job that they take. I don't care what career path. I don't care what college they go to. All of that, Lord, I pray that it all falls in line underneath the authority of of you and that they love and serve you all the days of their life. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. And everybody shout amen. Amen. Listen, if you need prayer for anything in your life today, and I encourage you especially, if you need prayer to something to do with your family or your kids, step out of the aisle as we're dismissed and go visit with one of my friends on the prayer team over here in the sunroom. Actually, prayer team, I want to ask you guys to come down front because it just seems to be a better place to do that. So prayer team is coming down front. So as we're dismissed, if you need prayer for anything whatsoever, I pray... Come down for it. If you need salvation today, you need to call upon the name of Jesus. You need to make him the Lord of your life. Come down here. Pray with one of my my friends on the prayer team. I love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Mother's Day. Celebrate your mom. Honor your mom. I want to say this real quickly. Some of you have a hard time on this day for a variety of reasons. Some of you have a hard time because you don't have a good relationship with your mother or maybe you don't have a good relationship with your children's mother. I want to encourage you to be a person of honor even when it doesn't feel like other people have honored you. This is who God has called us to be, the people of God. We are people of honor and people may not always deserve it but we're going to be, we're going to reflect the character and nature of God. Amen.